Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon finals, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news, even next season's early NFL futures. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get in on the action. So again, that's promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome into another riveting episode of Believe in Everything Auburn with your co-hosts, Jason Campbell and Taylor Davis. What's up, everybody? Happy almost July, almost July 4th. Crazy. It feels like summer is absolutely flying, but with a quick summer comes football season and we are getting ever close to it. And you know, that excites my co-host and I. Jay is back from a lovely vacation. He went out to Antigua, which is, uh, you know, just living the life of, of a football legend, I guess. You're reaping the rewards of that one, Jay. And I am returning from Omaha, got to go out and work the College World Series. So we've been kind of out of pocket a little bit, plenty to catch up on. But, Jay, I, you got to be, you know, relaxed and rejuvenated coming off your vacay, right? Oh, yes, Taylor <laughs> Davis. I am so rejuvenated and um... – you know, it's good to be back, though. Like, when you yeah. go away, you kind of enjoy it for six, seven days. And then, you know, you look forward to being back in your home and, totally. and everything. But I can't complain about the island, though. You know, turquoise blue waters. Oh. You know, you get to go jet skiing. You snorkel. You, you know, you ride on a boat ride where you see all these crazy houses on yeah. on this beautiful island. And, uh, you know, it's just such a joy when you can enjoy it with friends as well. You know, we celebrate one of my best friends. 40th birthday and uh so you know he chose to to go out of the state so so cool you know, so that's where we went and we enjoyed it and now we're back now to travel <laughs> the travel Ooh. wears you out a little bit totally 
Totally. Uh, especially right now with so many flights being canceled and all that. So you mm-hmm. just got to be patient. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, I I would be much more jealous. You know, I am jealous. Come on. But I would be much more jealous if I had not been in Omaha at the same time. Guys, I, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you I'm sure you have heard me say, if you are a sports fan, not even baseball, if you are a sports fan and the College World Series is not like top of your sports bucket list, you need to reevaluate. This is one of the coolest events in sports. Omaha, the city does such a fantastic job with the event. I have a blast every single time I go, whether Auburn is there or not. Now, granted, it's much more special when Auburn is there, and we're going to talk about their run through Omaha, but um, an incredible experience and atmosphere. I highly encourage our listeners. I tell Jason all the time, it is something you have to experience. So I had a blast out there and was so proud to cover our Tigers as well. So we're going to talk about that, but we're going to start with football as we always do. And not exactly Auburn news, but major news shaking up the college football world that was announced yesterday. And that is more conference realignment. I'm sure everyone is aware USC and UCLA are leaving the PAC 12 to join the big 10 in 2024. And honestly, it it seems to be expected that it will be the first of a few more moves with the PAC 12 now losing two of their top brands. I mean, arguably their top two, Uh, I know Oregon's in there as well, but um, definitely massive, massive brands with, with history and followings and massive names that have come out of both respective programs, obviously with USC, just getting Lincoln Riley and, and the development of that. So both of them losing the PAC 12 does not benefit the PAC 12 at all. So you expect that they're going to try and grab some others. Um, this now sets the big 10 and the sec as even more of, of powerhouses, they're each going to have 16 members by 2025. As we all know, Texas and Oklahoma will be joining the SEC by 25. And now with USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten, so both are going to have 16 members. You know it's going to set off franticism in the other conferences that are just not trying to stay afloat, trying to stay relevant. And meanwhile, these two just continue to to reload. It just feels like the rich gets richer a little bit in this situation. But um, Jason, I want your initial thoughts on this. You know, obviously, for me, what what stuck out when first hearing the news, same with Texas and Oklahoma, is just the change in tradition, right? I mean, um, with with the history of programs like that, their you know establishment and their respective conferences, it's just you know a, a big change to get used to, but. I think the biggest, uh, you know, effect this is going to have is, is in recruiting. I, I think when you look at this thing, the SEC, the Big Ten, they already have stacked competition. So, yes, it adds, you know, even more difficult conference opponents in season. But beyond that, it's, it's a recruiting issue because if you're Auburn, you, you already have so many stellar programs within your conference that you're having to recruit against. Well, now add in Texas and Oklahoma, as we know, Texas is where Arch Manning decided to, you know, begin his college career as well. So the playing in the SEC piece that we use in recruiting, and and I'm sure the Big Ten does as well, it's now going to be a luxury afforded to even more brands. And that just makes the job even harder. 
Yeah, most definitely. When you think about this, uh, when I saw this yesterday, I was like, whoa, I like, uh, <laughs> I, I kind of know what's going on because anytime the UCLA and the USC wants to travel five hours across the, you know, the States to play into another conference, you know, that's a lot of travel. That's a lot of hours. And, you know, now that Lincoln Riley's at USC, man, you know, it really shapes up things. You got a lot of top name coaches in the big 10 now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're really trying to compete at the same level as the SEC and, uh, and the ACC is going to pretty surely here soon add some teams as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I think what they're trying to do is get to four big major conferences. And uh, once they do that, then it's going to be those four conferences they kind of pick from in order to make the playoffs. And then right. you still have all these other conferences, but they're trying to separate the pack a little bit to try to make their jobs a little bit easier on picking the four teams that should be in the playoffs. And mm -hmm. yeah, we've always talked about this, that it's going to have to become more than four teams. If you're going to have this many teams competing in these big major conferences, then you have to allow a team to have a one loss or mm -hmm. have a, even a two loss, you know, cause you may play the number one ranked team and the number three ranked team in this in back-to-back -back weeks. Like you just don't know. So you ain't, you can't punish a team for playing a tough schedule. And uh, I just think the toughest of the schedules, I, I think deserve to have a two loss team into the playoffs based off the, the talent that they have to play on a weekly basis. And uh, I just think that this is going to make college football even more interesting uh, people to tune in. They come in, pretty much around the same time, which yeah. I think Texas and Oklahoma are going to try to come in a year earlier. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. You know, it all about, it comes down to contracts and, you know, and, and payouts and all those different things. So, but I, I just think college football is just going into a, a direction. Like you said, you're already talking about NIL. You're already talking about major conferences. Now it's becoming the NFL in college. Uh, it's pretty much what it is. Uh, I do expect some parameters, uh, probably with the NIL that's probably going to take place just because, you know, you see some of these guys getting $9 million offered and, you know, you're mm -hmm. coming fresh out of high school and we're not sure if that stuff is true, if it's just someone singing the blues, but, you know, we do know that kind of, that, that pays, that, that pays a big hand into recruiting. And, uh, especially nowadays, cause you're not just sitting down with a kid and talking about what's your best fit. Now it's in that what's my best fit plus what's what, what what i'm getting out of this and it's just tough conversations that puts a lot of pressure on coaches now it puts a lot of pressure on these universities from an nil standpoint uh to to try to make sure that they're getting the value and everything because it's not pay for play is what they're saying but you know you're getting paid for your name image and likeness mm -hmm. and if you're going to play in these major conferences what high school kid doesn't want to play in the big major conference they know that those schools are probably going to offer the bigger NIL deals because their name, image, and likeness is going to go up because what you do on the field, it makes your name stronger. Yeah. So, you know, so it does, it makes your name a lot stronger. So, you know, we're, we're headed for an interesting turn here in the next two to three years. That's going to shape up the next 20 years. I completely agree. This is, this is long-term implications. And I think if you're definitely the PAC 12, but, probably the ACC too. You're hitting the panic button a little bit right now because like I said, the rich get richer. You're already trying to remain, you know, relevant in the landscape of college football and not be viewed as the lesser conference when the committee comes down to making a decision on playoff contention. Because I think that uh, we talk about it every single year, a one loss SEC team because of strength of schedule, because of difficulty of opponent is almost always viewed as more impressive than potentially an undefeated Pac-12 team because of how the conference is viewed. And so I think what this means for the Power Five in general is 
ultimately a, a demise a little bit. I think it's going to completely change. I think it's not going to be the power five anymore. I totally agree. But the most interesting thing that you pointed out is what this is going to have to do to the playoff. I completely agree with you. I think expansion is the only way that this makes sense, because if you're going to have mega conferences like the Big Ten and SEC with 16 teams each, so many of them, you know, are going to be ranked in the top 25, but they all have to play each other. If you're looking at conference schedule, you're almost always going to be playing against a top 25. And these other conferences are not going to have that same difficulty. So expanding it so that two lost teams in these bigger, more difficult conferences is going to have to be the only way we do it. Or adding in more out of conference, but not forgive me, quote, cupcake teams, you know, more power five, big four, whatever the freak they're going to call it, more of those out of conference opponents so that your losses could potentially be weighed a little bit more evenly. I think that you're absolutely right on that. But in terms of recruiting, and as we all know, Auburn, you know, is fighting, you know, tooth and nail right now to trying to regain some ground that has been lost a, a little bit in whether it was the off season, whether it was the way that the season ended. And now you add in news like this. So options like Texas, like Oklahoma, I think that USC has become, you know, more of a popular landing spot because of the Lincoln Riley hire, but UCLA, even wanting to go out West for a lot of these guys, I think that that those programs become more appealing now. Yes, they're going to get some of the top players each and every year. And, you know, it just makes teams like Auburn really have to step up stronger uh, in the recruiting process. And now when you recruit, you have to make sure that you're being that you're valuing your players really, really at a high level now. Mm -hmm. Because the simple fact is, if you miss on one or two guys, it could set you back. Yep. You know, you could you could be behind for the next three to four years. So if you're going to go out the top guys and and you and you're trying to hit on these top guys, you better make sure you land some of them. But you also better make sure you land great character guys. You better make sure you land great guys that like want to be coached and you need guys that are just dolls. Let's just be honest. Like once that gate comes open, they're ready to go out there in the football field. They can't wait to get their hands on the football. They can't wait to hit somebody. They can't wait to you know, just play intense football because you need that energy at this level. And you're talking about, you know, high-end guys coming in. Okay, if you get a bunch of guys coming in, they already feel like they've made it. Mm -hmm. What's their motivation? Like, mm -hmm. that's my thing. So you better be ready to get guys to come in and be like, yeah, yeah, I got a good NIL deal probably when I come in. So, but I want to make sure that, you know, I'm doing what I need to do in the football field because my still my ultimate goal is to help this university win. Right. And before I even think about the next level, you know, let me take care of now. And uh, in, in the past, it was always guys thinking about the next level. I think what you're going to see now, because of these NIL deals, I think you're going to see guys deciding to stay in college a little bit longer and stop trying to jump to the NFL. Because some guys jump to the NFL and they didn't get drafted as high as they thought they would. Mm -hmm. Or you may not get drafted at all, you know, so you just never know. So I think if you're on a fence now, I think guys say, well, hey, I'm going to go back to school because I still can make some money with my NIL deal while I still get an extra year to go out here and produce and see what see what happens for me after this season. Mm -hmm. So it'll help that aspect. But the thing that's going to hurt is, which in any business, is locker room. Can you have mature enough locker rooms to handle different finance talk? Because as you well as I know, like they just say, for example, if one guy's making whatever – say a quarterback's making 450 or something mm -hmm. and 
you got an offensive lineman that's his left tackle making 5,000. How do you think the offensive lineman going to feel? Yeah, exactly. You know like, you can't get the ball off to the receiver that you want to go, go catch it for you if he doesn't block for the guy first. Yep. So where's the balance? That's the thing. You have to try to find out a balance, and that's the difference between the NFL and college. In the NFL, everybody makes some type of a big salary. Yep. You know, it doesn't matter. You don't get the same, but everybody's making big enough salary for, for their family. In college, it could be one guy can make a lot, and the next guy can make little. Mm-hmm. And it's just because it's off name, image, and likeness. So, you know, it's going to be some of those things that's going to have to take a mature locker room. I think the mature locker room, the mature coaching staff will be the teams year in and year out that will be successful. Yeah. I, I mean, it's going to have to be. And honestly, I think, you know, it, right now is a very interesting time in terms of recruiting because of everything that you have to deal with in terms of NIL, in terms of transfer portal. And you're just adding, you know, more difficulty with conferences being restructured the way they are. But for Auburn in particular, you know, they continue to try and, you know, build the future of of this program. And, And like you said, one thing that will never change, regardless of how much the college football landscape changes is, you know, what's expected of the the reason for going to Auburn is that you love it and that that doesn't change regardless of of situation and so while it may be a long-term play Auburn has to stay true to that piece of it um so in terms of recruiting rankings right now because the dead period actually just started June 27th was the beginning of that and that means that recruits are prohibited from having face-to-face interactions with coaches players what have you Um, so they were kind of getting several guys on campus this past weekend because the dead period was about to start. You expect to hear a lot of, you know, announcements in July from recruits and prospects and whatnot, and hopefully more, more will choose Auburn because right now we, we certainly have a lot of room for progress. I think that's a good way to put it. There's nine sec teams that are ranked in the top 50 in the nation right now in terms of, of recruiting rankings. Auburn is at 81, unfortunately. So definitely some some room for this coaching staff to make up ground. But talk to me a little bit, Jason, about you know what, I guess, kind of challenges the coaching staff is up against right now and, and what you're hoping to see in terms of recruiting. I actually saw in some magazine or newspaper article recently some sec coaches you know were interviewed and they weren't quoted uh you know or identified so they were listed as anonymous sec coaches but they were talking about the auburn situation and obviously it's easy for these coaches to go and and kind of plant seeds of doubt when it comes to auburn because that benefits them in their recruiting we all know the game okay it's it's not always clean and pretty but you have to you have to be able to sniff it out and you can certainly do that but They were saying that, you know, what Auburn has gone through over the course of the past several months, the way the season ended and then the offseason issues has certainly hindered them in recruiting and benefited other SEC teams. It's honestly been used as a little bit of ammunition for other SEC schools to kind of pit Auburn as a negative situation. And I think you can speak to this very well because you're involved in, you know, the NIL efforts, you're an alum, you went on to have a very successful, you know, professional career, as well as, you know, the career you have for yourself now, 
because of Auburn. And so even with difficulty, this place is still able to do incredible things on and off the field. So while recruiting is in this dead period, let's talk a little bit about what you get, you know, in, in playing for a program like Auburn. And even as the, the landscape of college football changes, what is consistent about playing at Auburn? Well, the one thing, like you said, Auburn has going against them right now is the fact that, which I don't like when the other SEC coaches do this because I be like, too. you shouldn't be talking about other folks' jobs because your butt's on the hot seat every year too. So you true. Know, depending on what college you at, if you at the LSUs, the Floridas, the Georgias, the Bamas, the Auburns, the Tennessees, the Texas a and you're on the hot seat every year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always say worry about your own job and, right. uh, and everything. But the thing that the reason these coaches put that out there is because it's recruiting is recruiting bait. Like they want to create doubt in some of the same top recruits that Auburn is, has their hands in as well. And they're trying to get and trying to make these guys convince them they need to come to Auburn. So these coaches are trying to like fight them against like, Hey, look what has been happening this off season. Look at all the, the, some of the turmoil that they went through and different things. Like you don't even know a coach would be there and all that type of, so as a player, I'll always say, I don't really choose my university based off just the coach. I like, I choose my university based off what my future looks like. And do I love the university? Do I fit there? Because coaches can come and go. He may not even get fired. A coach can just decide I want to leave and take another job because my family just want to live somewhere else. Like, so you don't ultimately get to say so and try and decide what coaches are going to do. You make a decision based off where you feel like you can fit. And yes, you hope that coach be there for your four years that you go and sign to play there. That's the goal. But at the same time, you have to be reality. I went through four different coordinators. So the same coordinator recruited me in high school wasn't even there my second, third, fourth year. Right. So I had a different one each year, but I still like where I was at at Auburn. You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing because I chose to go to Auburn, not just because of the coaching staff, but because it was in my heart. It fit me. And uh, I, I just think when it comes to recruiting right now, it is a tough sled. And as I say, like, there's a lot of guys out there. And I know some people get, they get so tied up into the stars, five-star, four-star, three-star, two-star, all these different stars. And they base your recruiting class off how many five-stars you sign, how many four-stars you sign. Some of the best players that come through any program have been some of your three-star players. And it's all about how you develop the guys once you get them there. Because sometimes the the five-star guys, yes, it sounds good on paper when you get them. But some of them come in, like I said, tell you before, with that attitude of, I expect to be a starter day one. Like, no, you got to work for your job. Like, exactly. Once you work for it and you get it, then I know you're going to do everything you can to hold on to it. No one's giving you anything. So the thing they're have to, having to do now is to refrigerate, like, what's the difference between a three-star and a five-star? What's the level of competition they're playing against? What's the, you know, like, what makes this guy a five-star? What makes this guy a three-star? Because it's not that big of a difference when you're talking about high school athletes. Like, you can go to a high school game, and I can tell you right within the first 10 minutes who's the best player in the field is. You know, because you can tell. But then some guys you can look at and say, well, man, this guy, you know, it's hard to say because – He's, he's good, but you're talking about a kid that's 16, 17 years old. Like, he's going to get better between 18 and 22. Right. Because it's still growing. Mm-hmm. And, and so you don't really know. So, like I said, there's a lot to go into it. I, I'm, I'm big on character because I love to coach guys that want to be coached. Um, I'm big on, like, yes, if you have natural talent, God-given talent, like a coach can't teach, 
Like it's just God given. Yes, you want some of that. You need some of that. But then there are some guys that, hey, if you can tweak a little bit of things here with their tools and everything and help develop them into great players, then, you know, that means even something even it means a little bit more to a coach just because you know how your hand in this kid's life helped change his development. And that makes you feel proud as a coach. And I just think that uh, if Auburn wants to continue to try to get into the threshold, you know, I just think they just got to go out the solid guys and just uh, stick to their plan or their book. Don't get caught up into the outside noise or what everybody else may want them to go and get, but stick to what they feel like they need for their program because you can't just go out and just sign players just to sign players. You have to make sure they fit your system and they fit what you like to do from a standpoint of, of uh, offense, defense, and special teams. Like, you know, there are certain guys that may not fit. Let's just say, for example, when Gus was at Auburn, you know, everyone was big on Jeremy Johnson. And uh, mm -hmm. Jeremy Johnson had a great throwing motion. He could throw the ball really well. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a prototype-style-looking quarterback. But he didn't fit Gus' system because Gus' system, you need a what? You need a dual-threat quarterback that can run like the read option and put, right. pressure on, put pressure on defenses and different things. And that's the difference uh, between a Nick Marshall because he fit that offense. But Nick Marshall maybe couldn't do a proto-style offense, but he could fit a Gus offense. So get players that fit your offense and fit your defense and your style of play, and I think that's how you get ahead. I agree, and I think you kind of have to sell the old-school brand of college football. I was actually talking with someone within our football program, not a head coach or anything, just someone who works in the office, but we were talking about the difference in what a recruit is looking for or curious about when they go on their official visits. And Jay, I know this is completely different than it was when you were going through recruiting, but he was saying that they come in and immediately one of the first questions they want to have is, okay, what are you offering me in terms of money? A, and then B, they go into the part of the facility that has the Instagram backdrops or whatever to get their photos taken and immediately want to get them posted on their social media. Those are the first two priorities when recruits walk in. And I just think that, I mean, look, they're all products of the generation that they're growing up in. Okay. I'm not saying that they're all shallow. I mean, they're, they're reacting to what they know. And this is the day and age, you know, of, of kids that age. But I just think that priorities are a little, you know, off right now. And if that's your focus as a recruit, what is your focus going to be when you're on campus and it's time to grind? Like, it's not about what you put on Instagram. It's not about what, you know, a local business is giving you an NIL deal. You've got to perform. You've got a job to do. And if you want to get paid like a professional, you also have to conduct your business like a professional. And I think there's a, a, a gap in that right now, especially for recruits. And so I think if you're Auburn and you are up against a lot of challenges and you do have a lot of ground to cover right now, you got to sell an old school brand of football because regardless what has changed in and around Auburn, that tradition is still there. It's in our dang creek. So I think if you're this coaching staff and you're up against what they're up against, you stick to that and you continue to push that this program is going to be built on that. And we expect young men who are built on that as well. And the main thing, like you were saying, Taylor, like a lot of these kids get caught up into the facilities and everything. Auburn right. is building a Auburn is building what a 90 something million Six. dollar facility. So, you know, the facility is going to be there. Like when you're already on campus, we have one of the best looking campuses that, that there is. Mm -hmm. My thing is a lot of these kids get caught up into what things look like 
that they don't worry so much about, like you said, what they need to do from a from the football field standpoint and what they need to do personally, you know, even from an education standpoint, let's not forget the education right. because all these kids think they're going pro. Yes, I want every kid to come through college and get an NIL deal. You get an NIL deal, great, because once you finish college, the 98% that doesn't go to the NFL and the 2% that does on that team goes, kudos. But the 98% that doesn't make it, Okay, now you got a college degree. Exactly. And you also get something to fall back on. So yep. now you have some income to fall back on. So now guess what? If you want to start a business early in your 20s, you can. If you yep. want to go put a down payment on a house and instead of having to pay rent all the time, you can. If you want to just, you know, just have money and just put it away and just save it while you just start your, your workforce and just have a cushion right. to, to fall back on, you can. So now there's so many things that's at their advantage and at their exposure that they can have once they finish college and even go further, you can go back and get a master's and still have money left over because if you're still on scholarship, your your university is still helping pay for your master's. So there's still so many different things that, uh, that these kids can pour into. But right now I'm afraid that a lot of their mindsets is on once they get there, okay, how much money can I get from an NIL deal? Okay. What what does the facilities look like? No, dude, Let's start thinking a lot deeper than just the finance part. Yes, the finance part, it's going to take care of itself. Mm-hmm. The facilities, facilities, last time I checked, it doesn't hug you. It doesn't, <laughs> it, you can't talk, you can't talk to it. You can't it, take it with you when you, you go. Take it with you. Like, yep. so make sure you're choosing to go to schools based off your fit, based off how your family feel about it, based mm-hmm. off what you feel like, how can you grow from not just financially and not just in the sport, but what can I, what, where can my education get me once I leave this university? What's my right. study? What, what I want to study in when I go to college? Like, what's my major? It doesn't matter if you go to the pro or not. You will be done playing football. It's three to five years average in the NFL. A lot of guys that play longer than that, you're blessed. You play longer than that. But still, though, you're done, you know, basically in your 30s. Like, you can't look at Tom Brady and say everybody going to play to 45. Like, you know, you're basically done in your early 30s or mid 30s. So you still have life to develop and what you want to do. And no one's coming to pat you on your back anymore, trying to offer you any contracts. So you're going to have to go out. Either you save your money and you're able to do certain things with it. If you didn't, don't expect handouts because it doesn't happen anymore. So why you had an opportunity to create for yourself in life, take advantage of the opportunity but also savor the moment. Like don't be in such a rush to just chase after everything because it has a dollar sign because everything that has a dollar sign is not good for you. So understand like true value, value yourself first before you let a dollar or anything else value you. I I completely agree with all of that. We need to make sure that that's what we stay rooted in. Well, before we transition to a couple other sports that we, of course, need to talk about, one more thing in the football world that I wanted to get Jason's input on, a very pressing issue that was actually put on Auburn's social media this past week and figured Cam should definitely weigh in on it. The debate of the face masks. So they put it out there and let the players vote on what face mask they like the best, the auburn orange, the white, or the navy. And JKM, which one's your favorite? Oh, face mask, white, navy. I tell you what, I only got a chance to play with the blue face mask, Mm -hmm. but I guarantee you that orange face mask, I'm still with Navy. I like Navy. I'm a yeah. Navy guy. I'm a, a Navy classic. guy. I'm a Navy. <laughs> Did you see which one the players picked? If I had to go with this generation, they probably said orange. They said white. Really? 
they liked the like stormtrooper thing that we did in the Penn State game. And the I think that was when we debuted the white face mask. And that, that one. I will say that did look really good with those white uniforms. It did. I wish you could interchange them. Like when you play at home, you have blue uniforms, blue tops. I mean, blue, mm-hmm. you had a blue top, then you go to blue Navy. I mean, mm-hmm. you go with the Navy face mask. But yeah, so when you play on the road, I, I do like the all white face mask when you're on the road with the white unis. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that would be nice. Like, uh, you know, we can interchange. What's wrong with interchanging? I know, man. They get so stuck. I mean, look, I have said for the longest that I want like an all Navy get up I want navy pants navy jersey and like a matte navy helmet and we could do like a a blue out in the stadium you know like all these teams do a white out and a blackout whatever but I think like an all navy look would be so sick but Auburn's very like traditional with what they do even changing the face masks was like such a big deal so and I'm not surprised that the boys picked white as their favorite but I would agree with you I I like the navy so just wanted to uh, settle that debate but nonetheless let's move on to another program within Auburn athletics that concluded their season in a fantastic way I'm talking about our baseball team ending the season in Omaha a great run for this team Butch Thompson and staff do doing an incredible job with that program and getting to see the season conclude on the biggest stage in college baseball. Unfortunately, we had a very tough side of the bracket. Our first game against Ole Miss, as we all know, went on to win the national title. So a very difficult first hand to draw, obviously lost that one. So then went into a uh, winner take all kind of situation against Stanford and were able to win that one. So stayed alive and then losing to Arkansas for our second loss and the end of the season. Now, ironically, Arkansas and Ole Miss went down to the wire and Ole Miss obviously advanced to play in the national title game against Oklahoma and bring home the first ever national championship for that baseball program to Oxford. So Very impressive showing for the SEC in general. It ended up being Oklahoma and all SEC teams left standing out there in Omaha. But as far as this Auburn program goes, just, you know, hats off to what they accomplished to their run in Omaha and uh, to the to the expectation of success that Butch Thompson is establishing here. I think he and Bruce Pearl are both going to be credited with establishing really successful programs, doing it the right way um, and and putting it on a a national stage to where it really sets up the future quite nicely. So a very impressive run. I I know you were on vacay, but were you able to to follow along or pay attention much to the College World Series, Jay? Oh, Taylor, you know, I still paid attention. I figured you did. You know, I I did. I still (laughs) have to pay attention like it's not every year you get a chance to go to the College World Series. And yeah, like I said, I mentioned earlier this year that I would like to go to this time Auburn went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just unfortunate that our trip was booked at the same time. And yeah. uh, this year they went. So hopefully they make it back and uh, hopefully one day get a chance to get out there and get that experience that you talked so much about. Mm-hmm. And uh, But kudos to this team this season. Like the find the odds. I think in the preseason they had us finish last in the West. Yep. And uh, this year these guys took it all the way. Uh, to Omaha and it just goes to show you that what hard work and dedication to do and not to read the preseason you know logs and everything because they don't know they don't know yeah. what your team is shaping up to be like and uh, that's why you just keep your head down keep sawing wood and keep working hard it's similar to football right now you know everyone's kind of picking us to the finish kind of 
in the back tier of the SEC West. And I just mm-hmm. don't see that. You know, I just think these guys, they just keep holding their head up and keep sawing wood and just, you know, making each other better, holding each other accountable. And I, I do think if you look at the gunlet of our schedule, you know, uh, if we can start off hot and, and then you get that, that to the gunlet part, you build confidence. And once the team gets confidence, anything can happen. I look forward to, the, to them next season because they're only going to get better because this helps recruiting. Oh, yeah. You know, when you're a coach like Bush and, you know, your team go that far, you want to you want to recruit, just start winning. And, exactly. Uh, that's exactly what they've done. That's the same thing Bruce Pearl has done. And exactly. uh, he started winning. So if football wants to, you know, do the same thing, if in the years past, have Auburn football has been so successful, winning. So mm-hmm. winning just cures a lot of different things that, uh, that it takes a lot of weight off people's shoulders and uh, pressure. Yeah, big time. Uh, especially winning on stages like, the NCAA tournament and the college world series that that certainly makes it even more enticing to go play for a program like that. So congratulations to, uh, to coach Thompson and the, the staff and the team, a really special, special group to be around. I got to spend some time with them in Omaha, just really, really stand up dudes and, and a, a fantastic showing for the program. Also shout out to Sonny D no surprise here, but he becomes the third consensus All-American for Auburn baseball. That was just announced this past week. The baseball world just really loved him and embraced him and his story and his obviously performance out there this year. So an award well-deserved as well as the national title going to Ole Miss. That was a really special one this year as well. If, if you're a baseball fan, you know, the Tim Elko story um, for Ole Miss, they were the one of the last teams to even hear their names called to make it to the tournament. And a lot of people had gripes about it. They kind of hit a slump halfway through the season, but this team just, they really felt like they had something special and they knew better than a lot of people did. So it was a really, really fun way to see the season end and uh, sets us up well for next year. So you'll love it. Um, finally, let's talk a little basketball. Auburn basketball makes history. We had two first round picks in the same year for the first time ever. Uh, Jabari Smith, number three overall to the Houston Rockets and Walker Kessler, number 22 overall to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And that's also where his grandfather played. And he is wearing the same number, which is really, really special and, and a cool thing for him. What was also cool was the big AU logo that he was sporting inside of his jacket on draft night. You love to see it, especially his situation because he was a transfer and it's just more of a testament to coach Pearl and, you know, the program that they're building that guys and, you know, Jabari speaks about Auburn every chance he gets, no matter how short, you know, or maybe happenstance their time at Auburn became, they bring Auburn with them and and they have positive, good things to say about their time at Auburn and and how it propelled them to the next level. So congratulations to both of these guys. And it wasn't a surprise at all to see both of them go in the first round. I, I think the surprise was that Jabari went at three, not one or two. It was actually so highly expected that he was going to go one or two that those are the only teams he worked out with <laughs> before the draft. So uh, definitely the Thunder and the Magic, obviously. But Houston got a, a gold mine in that. I'm sure they were so excited that the top three shaked out the way, shook out the way it did. But um, what do you think uh, transpired with all of that, Jay? Were you surprised that that he ended up going three? Not, not surprised just because – 
the NBA and, and you think about betting and, and the money that's behind the betting thing. Everyone mm-hmm. was putting Jabari's name out there to going number one uh, over the last like month and a half. And uh, and I think Benjara, I think, you know, the odds where they was trying to get people to put money on him going first. So why? So they Vegas makes money. Like, you know, yeah. like so, but uh, I think long-term Jabari probably ended up in a better situation. Yeah. Uh, just because if you look at the Houston team, they're young. They got a young coach. So he can grow with that coach. They're stacked. They got that green kid that mm-hmm. came out the, the year before, and he had a phenomenal first year. And now you you match him up with Jabari and uh, and everything. So you're, you're thinking about two years down the road what this team could look like so much more than now. But if I'm getting drafted in the top three, I'm not complaining at all. Mm-hmm. I, you know, yes, being able to go first would have been awesome. It would have been the first time, I think, in Auburn's history, basketball player going first pick. Um, but like I said, like, Jabari is such a great kid, such a great character guy. And like I said, Houston got such a great player uh, and a player that's going to hit the gym day one and start working on his skills. And, and you know, he's a locker room guy, so they don't have to worry about anything there. Uh, he'll get along with the guys. And, you know, his future in the NBA is bright. You're talking about a guy mm-hmm. that's tall who can shoot the ball from anywhere. And, and you know, he was just a freshman last year. I think a lot of people forget that and uh, and everything. But – you know, I think he shoots better than than, than Van Jara. But like I said, you know, every team has their picks and the reason why they take their picks and and everything. Like, I thought it would come down between those two going number one. But I like Jabari's upside just because how he can shoot the basketball from mm-hmm. out, out in space, you know, uh, and everything. But like I said, Kessler, you know, Kessler well, got drafted by Memphis and traded to Minnesota. Uh you know, you're, you're thinking about a basketball team in Minnesota that that they got some players. Yeah. You know, they got some players. And, uh, you know, kudos to both of them. But shout out to Coach Pearl and his staff because this is going to make other players. This is an eye-opener. You get two first-round draft picks in basketball. Now you can walk in any household and you can compete with the Kentuckys. You can compete with the Dukes. You can compete with the Villanovas. You can compete with the Gonzagas when you sit in the living room and talk basketball now because – they got they got proof in the pudding. They can sit mm-hmm. there and say, "Look, we put out two first round draft picks, and they wouldn't even hear for two to three years. One was a high school signee, the other one was a transfer, and both of them end up going first round the same year. So, you know, that goes to show you the style of play that Bruce Pearl allows his kids to play with, where they can be seen because it's not a robotic offense that they run." Uh, mm-hmm. They run a run and shoot. You get the green light. Everybody has the green light. And I think that bodes well for this generation. It's not a post-up game where it used to be back when we was growing up. Post-up, you kick it out for the three if you get double team. Now it's a run and shoot. How fast can you get a Golden State has changed the dynamic of basketball. So, mm-hmm. you know, so this this bodes well for, for Auburn. And I expect another exciting season this year on the Plains. I do as well. And I know that Bruce Pearl was – interviewed quite a lot about it and even the the massive you know billboard thing that we had in Times Square and this is why he got the job this is why he's been given a lifetime extension because um this is what he brings to a program that at one point was viewed as one of the less than appealing jobs in the power five and he has turned it into one of the top programs in the nation. And this is just a testament to that hard work. So incredibly excited for those guys and their future, excited for the next 
you know, year of basketball, baseball, football, uh, things are trending as, as they typically do. It's not always easy. It's not always pretty, but it is Auburn athletics and we love it no matter what, but that is going to do it for us this week on believe in everything Auburn. Appreciate all of our listeners catching up with us each and every week. We will be back next week for another episode. So make sure you subscribe. If you have not already, you can do it in the Apple podcast app, and then you'll get a notification every time we release an episode. So you're always up to date on everything Auburn. So thanks for listening, everybody. Have a fantastic fourth. Enjoy some time off, some sun, some family, whatever you got going, and then come on back next week to talk about Auburn. More Eagle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.